No guests this week on this episode of the Tech Ed Podcast. It is just me, your host, Matt Kirkner, talking about artificial intelligence. Have you wondered what artificial intelligence is? What is machine learning? Maybe you've heard terms like classification or transfer learning or unsupervised learning or supervised learning. How profound will artificial intelligence be in the world of manufacturing and in the world of education? We're going to talk all about that today and give you 11 predictions for how artificial intelligence will totally transform the world of manufacturing. If you are a manufacturer, hang on to your seat because we are going to get into some pretty heady things and some scary things that will happen in manufacturing if you're not ready. If you're an educator who hasn't yet started teaching artificial intelligence to your students at every level of education, elementary school, middle school, high school, technical and community college, university, you'll want to listen in as well because this technology is totally changing the world into which your students will enter and we need to make sure they're ready. Welcome to the Tech Ed Podcast, where we visit with leaders who are shaping, innovating, and disrupting technical education. People who are not afraid to think differently, not afraid to try something new, all with the goal of securing the American dream for the next generation of STEM and workforce talent. I read a quote just recently from Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai, who said that artificial intelligence is the most important thing humanity has ever worked on. More profound, he says, than electricity or fire. More profound than electricity or fire. Let's start with electricity. So talk with someone who started life without electricity. I know some people who did, perhaps you do as well. They pumped water by hand. They lit lantern wicks to provide light in their house in the evening. We talk of an era of industry 4.0. But Industry 2.0, the second industrial revolution, was brought about by electricity. Without it, no moving production line. Without it, no second industrial revolution. And yet, the CEO of Alphabet says that artificial intelligence is more profound than that. More profound than electricity and more profound than fire. Now, anthropologists, they argue about when fire was first harnessed. Some say that it was in what is now modern-day Israel by Homo sapiens and Neanderthals, going back some 300 to 400,000 years. Others say it may have been harnessed a million years ago or even more in South Africa. I have no idea. But imagine yourself a Neanderthal. Perhaps that's easier for some of us than others. You're a Neanderthal, you have no fire, and then you have fire. Before fire, you can't use fire to stay warm. Before fire, you can't use it to cook food. Before fire, you can't use fire and a flaming stick to ward off a predator. Before fire, you are relegated to climates where you can stay warm enough to live without fire. After fire, all of this changes. You can build a campfire to stay warm. You can build a campfire to roast your hunk of woolly mammoth or whatever passed for good steak in the days of the Neanderthal. And no, I have no idea if Neanderthals and woolly mammoths lived at the same time, but you get the picture. Some more is for the record. Those came much, much later. 
So you're in your camp, you're enjoying your hunk of woolly mammoth that's been cooked over an open fire and a saber-toothed tiger wanders into your camp and you can scare the living daylights out of the tiger with a flaming club. So we joke about how profound, yes, profound, the advent of fire must have been to whatever versions of humans came ahead of us. Yet Sundar Pichai says AI is more profound than that and more profound than electricity. Let's think about the word profound. I hate presentations that dwell on dictionary definitions, but profound means very great or intense. AI's meaning for us is more intense than electricity or fire, at least according to the CEO of Alphabet. And perhaps he knows. Here on the Tech Ed Podcast, we've interviewed chairman and CEOs of some huge companies, Ashley Furniture, Oshkosh Corporation, Rockwell, Snap-on, and many, many others. Now, I would have to add it all up, but Alphabet may be larger than all of them put together. $180 billion in revenue. In fact, a little bit more than that. And here is their Indian-American CEO with advanced degrees in materials engineering and an MBA from the Wharton School saying AI is more profound than electricity or fire. I think he might be right. What is artificial intelligence? Well, I have some friends from a company called Quantzer in Markham, Ontario, among them a gentleman by the name of Murtaza Bora, who got me started on this stuff. And he says to define artificial intelligence, we must first define the word intelligence. How do you define intelligence? An IQ, extensive knowledge, degrees from big name schools like the diploma that Pichai earned from the Wharton School? Murtaza says that intelligence is two things. He says it is experience times learning. So experience, what we've been through, what we've endured, where we were born, where we traveled, our family, our friends, our internship, our career. Intelligence, Murtaza says, starts with experience and it is multiplied by learning. The process we use to gain information. What you read what you see on TV, what you scan on social media. I read at least five newspapers every single day. They're not what they used to be. Journalism in the United States is a lost art in all but very few forums, but I read them. We learn by going to class, by doing homework, by studying for exams, learning. Intelligence is a combination of experience and learning. But what does it mean to make intelligence artificial? What does it mean to make experience and learning artificial? It's simpler than you might think. Artificial means a mathematical or algorithmic representation. Now, there's that word algorithm. That word used to make me sick to my stomach. Algorithm. I think back to college professors with chalkboards. Yes, I'm old enough to remember college professors with chalkboards droning on in accents that I may or may not have been able to understand energetically scratching equations at the front of a lecture hall. Believe me, I could not get out of there fast enough. But an algorithm is way more simple than that. At least for our purposes, it is just a set of instructions or rules that a computer uses to complete a task. Thanks also for that definition, Murtaza. So if intelligence is experience and learning, and if artificial is math and computer instructions. Artificial intelligence is just a set of computer instructions 
that mimic human experience and learning. Now I'm waiting to share a bunch of predictions for artificial intelligence and manufacturing a little bit later in today's program. But let's first talk about these computer instructions that are used to mimic human intelligence. Some of you have heard, in fact, most of you have heard of the term machine learning, which is a subset of artificial intelligence. If artificial intelligence is computers mimicking our experience and learning, machine learning is the learning part. This is where, for me, this stuff gets really, really fascinating. It's one thing to code a computer so it can make decisions like we would, but what happens when AI starts learning new things on its own? Let's talk about some really, really cool terms. Let's start out imagining that we're a two-year-old kid. And if we can imagine ourselves as a Neanderthal, as we did earlier, it should be easy to imagine ourselves as a two-year-old kid. Say you're a two-year-old kid and you look at a truck and you point and you say, what's that? I had a relative, by the way, who did this incessantly for about two months. He didn't say, what's that? He pointed and said, Dawa, his word for what's that, at everything. Dawa, that's a dog. Dawa, that's a book. Dawa, that's a table. Dawa, that's a truck. Truck, he would say. Truck. In the world of artificial intelligence, what we call classification is the same thing as what that boy called Dawa. We can use a camera, show a computer a photo of a dog or a book or a table or a truck and tell it that it's seeing a dog, a book, a table or a truck. And next time we show it a truck, it will see four wheels, a driver, a box and so on. And it will tell us that it sees a truck. This isn't the future, by the way. It is now. We have this technology now where we can point a camera at an object and the object using artificial intelligence will tell us what the object and the camera, I'm sorry, and the computer using artificial intelligence will tell us what that item is. Now let's say that the same kid sees a school bus. He's never seen one before. Never asked what it was before. Let's say that we point at the school bus and ask him, what's that? What is he going to say? He is going to tell us it's a truck. Why? Because he knows what a truck is and a school bus looks like a truck. So we say, oh, you're so close. It's got four wheels. It has a driver. It's boxy. But this truck is yellow. This truck has lots of windows. This truck has a stop sign on the side and an emergency exit on the back. That is a school bus. School bus, he repeats. In artificial intelligence, we call this transfer learning, a type of machine learning. Our artificial intelligence will tell us it's a truck too, until we tell it that while it looks like a truck, it's actually something else. Transfer learning. Artificial intelligence taking something it already knows and then stacking new learning on top. That's what transfer learning is, and it's a subset of machine learning. How about unsupervised learning? Let's say I give you these numbers. Nine, five, nine, one, nine, nine, two, four, nine, ten, nine, three, nine, fourteen, nine, nine, six, nine, seven, nine. What can you tell me about these numbers? If I ask you whether you caught any kind of a pattern, what would you say? Lots of what number? Most of you would say nine. You found a pattern using unsupervised learning. 
I gave you a data set. I didn't tell you what it was. I just gave you the set of data. You analyzed it and you found a pattern. Unsupervised learning is the same thing. We give AI a data set, not 20 numbers like our list, but maybe billions of numbers. We don't tell it what it is. Maybe we don't even know what it is. And we ask it to find patterns and correlations in the data that we can't identify, but AI can. The examples of this technology are fascinating. For example, medical researchers use unsupervised learning to try to identify cause and effect relationships in data from Alzheimer patients, helping with, as just one example, earlier detection of Alzheimer's. That's unsupervised learning. Differentiated, by the way, from supervised learning, in which we give artificial intelligence the labels for our data. Let's think back on our numbers again. 9591992499310939699679. What if I told you that these were the ages of young people in a classroom in the month of September? Knowing this information, you might conclude that this is a group of fourth graders who all brought one sibling to an event at school. All of the fourth graders at the beginning of the year are nine years old, or at least most of them are. And we could deduce from the other ages that they could be siblings. AI can make similar correlations with labeled data. Say we feed AI data sets that include every single process variable coming from tens of thousands of robots. Temperature, moisture, force, disturbances, humidity. Could AI use this data, this labeled data, to enable the robot to predict its own future failure and order its own replacement parts? The answer is yes, and it already does. Today, tens of thousands of robots all over the world gathering this data on themselves, sending it to the cloud, where artificial intelligence uses supervised learning to predict the future. It's fascinating. Now, I'm not going to bore you with discussions about programming languages like C++ and Java, MATLAB, Simulink, Python, or application frameworks like TensorFlow, PyTorch, and Accord. You can learn all of those on your own. And suffice it to say, we can and are teaching these today in age-appropriate ways to elementary, middle school, high school, community college, and university students in undergrad, graduate, and research programs. Why are we doing this? Because as the CEO of Alphabet said, AI is more profound than electricity or fire. AI will change everything we know and everything we think we know about the world in which we live. And it will transform manufacturing. Earlier this year for several Gardner Publications properties, I published 11 predictions of how artificial intelligence will totally and completely disrupt manufacturing. As our listeners know, I was an Industry 3.0 executive. I spent my entire career around Industry 3.0 technology, robots, PLCs, computers, and now we are into the world of Industry 4.0. And I've thought through this whole idea of artificial intelligence, this whole idea of machine learning, of supervised and unsupervised learning, of transfer learning, of classification, and thought about how it is going to affect the world of manufacturing. So here we go with 11 predictions for how artificial intelligence will totally disrupt manufacturing. 
Let's think about the future. Number one, autonomous trucks and vehicles, self-driving trucks and vehicles will transport product from customers to manufacturers and manufacturers back to customers and so on. Our drivers and our material handlers will totally disappear. People will no longer be driving trucks that will all be autonomous. People will no longer be moving material that will all be autonomous thanks to artificial intelligence and machine learning. Number two, equipment suppliers that provide manufacturing equipment, people who are providing CNC machines, people who are providing conveyors, people who are providing punch presses and press brakes and robots, those suppliers who can embed the right smart technology, meaning sensors, devices, and other equipment gathering information in their systems are the ones that will win the day. If they embed that technology and they have a platform for analyzing what is happening in their equipment, they will gap every single other provider of equipment in their space. So number two, manufacturing equipment suppliers who embed the right smart technology are the ones that end up ahead. Artificial intelligence prediction number three for manufacturing. Using vision systems, these are basically cameras on the ends of robots or otherwise that can discern between parts, containers, and so on. Using vision systems, robots will load and unload manufacturing equipment on their own. The position of machine tender, the position of somebody who takes material and puts it into a CNC machine, into a heat treating process, onto a coatings line, those jobs disappear in the future. Thanks to robots and vision equipment and artificial intelligence. Prediction number four is that using artificial intelligence and blockchain technology, Suppliers will know exactly what quantity of materials to produce, inventory, and ship. If you're in manufacturing or if you're a manufacturer supplying a next-tier manufacturer with product, you will use artificial intelligence, you will use blockchain technology to know exactly how much product to produce, inventory, and ship, driving all of the waste out of the manufacturing process. Artificial intelligence prediction number five the competitive advantage among manufacturers will be the one who can best predict their customer's consumption and meet it in real time. If we overproduce to customer consumption, we provide waste. If we underproduce to customer consumption, we can't meet demand. But we can use artificial intelligence, and we will, to predict our customer's demand exactly and meet it in a real-time fashion in such a way that we drive all of that waste and our inability not to meet or our inability to meet our customers' requirements, drive all of that out of the supply chain. Artificial intelligence prediction number six. Your customers and suppliers' MRP systems will tell your MRP system that materials are on the way. If you're a process manufacturer who processes materials for another company, your system will know when the product is on its way to your facility. If you're a discrete manufacturer, your supplier systems will tell yours when materials are on their way so that you will automatically be able to plan production and know that the materials required for assembly and production of product will arrive exactly when you expect them. As a result of that in part, and using artificial intelligence, your production lines will schedule themselves. This is prediction Number seven, so your production lines will schedule themselves. We won't have somebody in the position of production planner. 
who's balancing production, who's looking at orders, who's looking at customer demand, who's looking at available materials and piecing together this puzzle of a production plan. We will use artificial intelligence to do that on its own, and it will do it much more effectively than people can. Artificial intelligence prediction number eight, material additions to your processes, titrations, analysis. If you're using, for example, chemical titrations in your manufacturing process, all of that will be performed 100% automatically. I ran a manufacturing operation for several years where we had a chemical maintenance team of four people that ran all over. I shouldn't say ran. They, they worked their way all over the manufacturing plant, doing titrations, analyzing tanks, analyzing chemical compositions, and then making additions to those containers. All of that goes away in the future. That will all be performed automatically using automatic titrations, automatic analysis, and automatic feeding, all attached together and glued together with artificial intelligence. AI prediction number nine of 11, quality defects will be driven to zero using in-process inspection and digital twins. I remember the days of saying our PPMs or parts per million rejects, for those of you familiar with that term, were 75 out of a million, meaning 75 parts in a million were defective. And then that number was 50 parts per million. And then I had customers that required us to be at five to 10 parts per million, and sometimes even less. Using artificial intelligence and in-process inspection in what we call digital twins in manufacturing, our quality defects will be driven to zero, meaning that in order to play in the world of manufacturing, your production processes must be perfect, never producing a non-conforming part. And we will get there using artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence prediction number 10 for how AI will totally disrupt manufacturing. The differentiator between manufacturers will be who can use artificial intelligence and industry 4.0 to minimize cost and thus price. Those of us that can use artificial intelligence, those of us who can use industry 4.0 technology to drive all of the waste out of our processes will be able to compete on cost when we have to, and reinvest in our manufacturing operations for growth when we don't. So those who use artificial intelligence to drive waste out of their processes will create more efficient processes. Those processes will produce product less expensively and enable us to win the day in the marketplace using artificial intelligence and industry 4.0. And by the way, those manufacturers who don't employ those technologies will end up on the other end of the equation, unable to compete on price in the marketplace. Our final prediction for artificial intelligence and the way that it will totally revolutionize manufacturing. And this is a really, really interesting point to be made during this particular time in history. Number 11 is as we drive costs down, the supplier who is closest to the customer will win. As we drive costs down, the supplier who is closest to the end customer or to the next step of the supply chain will win. Now, I read in the Wall Street Journal, which by the way, is one of those entities in the world of media that is still credible, that still understands journalism. There are some and they're among them. I read in the Wall Street Journal this morning, there are 500,000 shipping containers sitting on ships off the port of Southern California. 
500,000 shipping containers that can't land because we don't have the capacity in the port to handle the ships. What has happened over the course of the last year and a half is that we have become addicted to physical goods here in the United States. This happened because as our ability to consume services and experiences decreased, our appetite for things increased. We were no longer spending money in restaurants thanks to COVID and thanks to shutdowns and in limitations and shortage of services and so on, servers and so on. We were no longer going to movies. We were no longer traveling on leisure or in many cases on business. And we used the excess dollars created by not spending money on those services or experiences to spend money on goods. And as a result of that, we created a huge bottleneck in the world of getting goods from other countries into the United States or materials to produce goods here in the United States that came from other countries. Think about that. 500,000 shipping containers sitting in the water on ships off the port of California that cannot be unloaded. Now, the standard shipping container is about eight feet wide and 20 feet long or 40 feet long, depending on the container. Let's take the average of 30 and assume that they're 30 feet long and eight feet wide. That means that off the port of California, we have the equivalent of 120 million square foot, square feet of floor space sitting on ships off the coast of California. Now, I ran for 10 years, the largest metal finishing, surface finishing facility in North America. I was CEO of that company. It was 250,000 square feet of surface finishing space. It was, it was huge. It was an absolutely gigantic facility in that world of surface finishing. What's sitting off the coast of California could fill that facility 480 times. That's not like product sitting in a warehouse. That is product sitting on shipping containers on ships right now off the coast of Southern California. That is incredibly costly. It's costly in terms of the opportunity cost of not being able to manufacture product. It's costly in terms of the opportunity cost of not being able to convert that product into sales. It's costly in terms of the cost of shipping that product, of storing it out on those ships. It's incredibly expensive. And this is why artificial intelligence prediction number 11 is so important. As we drive costs down, whoever is closest to the customer will win because we are learning what happens when we have a global supply chain and we have huge bottlenecks in that supply chain. And I'm going to tell you today, another prediction separate from the AI predictions is that problem gets worse before it gets better. Get your Christmas shopping done early, folks, because if you wait until December, there won't be anything left to buy. That's how serious this is. We will literally run the supply chain dry of many of the products that we're used to until we figure out this issue with the supply chain. So number 11, as we drive costs down, the closest to the customer wins. And those are your 11 predictions for the future of manufacturing in the era of artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is more profound than electricity or fire, according to the CEO of Alphabet. Artificial intelligence, by the way, is not the future. It is the present, but it is shaping the future of manufacturing 
in ways that will quickly create winners and losers. For all of these reasons and for others, we must understand and deploy artificial intelligence in our manufacturing operations, and we must teach it in our schools as early as elementary and middle schools. Have you started yet? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Tech Ed Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tech Ed Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave a review, and if you like this episode, share it with a friend. New episodes launch every Tuesday, so listen in next week.